It is a joy for me to read today's scripture found in the Old Testament book of Psalm, a very familiar passage, Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5, from the New Living Translation. Won't you read with me at home? Joy. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are worthy of our worship. And we come to you today with hearts overflowing. You are a good God. You are all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-loving. And we praise and we thank you today. Teach us anew from your holy word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, many of you have heard the possibility of us coming back together soon, and that's exciting. But I just wanted to update you on a couple items uh, and make you aware of some things that we're walking through right now and preparing us to come back together as a church. Uh, one is because of the regulations the, that are put on um, the guidelines for coming back together, Many of our church would not be able to return right now, probably half or more, because of age or limitations that were put on. And we just want to say, I just want to say, first of all, that our first concern is for the health of our entire church body. So everything that we do is with that in mind. The, the second thing is because we want to make sure that we are prepared to offer you our very best when you return. And by that, I mean to be able to continue to do live stream as we are doing now that's reaching over 8,000 people each week. We want to continue to be able to do that. And so the way we're doing it now will look a little different when we come back together. And so the church board has pushed uh, through that we want to continue with that. And so we are preparing, um, updating our worship center, updating some equipment, things that we will need to be able to come back together and do that. And um, so I'm just asking you, just be patient. Listen, nobody, nobody, nobody wants you to come back more than I do. Um, I can't wait to preach to a full auditorium again and not just uh, to the, the empty seats, uh, most of the empty seats here today. So we're, we're anxious for you to be here, but just be patient. 
Um, we are meeting this week. We're going to get together some uh, guidelines and some things that we'll have to do, some things that are required of us as a church if we come back together, and we will get that information to you. Um, so here's what I want you to do. Stay tuned to your email. Check your email, especially later this week. Check it. Check on Facebook. Uh, make sure that you um, are able to download or see what we're, the regulations will be. And I just want to say to you as we begin today, um, hey, we, we love you. We pray for you. Uh, we can't wait until we as a body come back together and we are all getting through this. Hasn't God been good to us? Hasn't he helped us? Hasn't he provided for us? Um, hasn't he taught us new and exciting things during this? Hasn't there, there's been so many wonderful stories of God redeeming all of this. And so I just wanna say to you, be patient, we will get there. Well, it is good to have all of you watching today. I was just kind of going through here. We got so many, I wanna say hi to Mark and Sabrina. Hey, good time yesterday, that was fun. Um, Jim and Deb, my good friends, are watching today. Uh, hopefully see you this week. Um, Steve uh, Edwards. Um, we have been praying for Steve because Steve had the COVID-19, but this past week, he came off of that. He is healthy and doing well. He's out of isolation. And praise God, we love you, brother. We're continuing to pray for you. Uh, my friend Mark Bradford, he's on here today, loved the tie. He wears a tie every week, usually with his jammies or his T-shirt, but he's got a tie on. Um, hey, Christine uh, from Mancelona, Michigan. And, um, and then my friends Brad and Bonnie that are watching today up in Lansing, Michigan. I just want to say to you, my Michigan friends, open up the lakes, all right? So we can get out on the lakes on our boats. I always want you to do that. All right. Um, hi, Carmen. Uh, hey, Tammy. Hey to all my Kansas friends, especially, uh, you know, Kansas City headquarters there. Uh, hello to the Latakunga Church. We love you. We're praying for you. Thankful for you. Um, hey, Elise. Um, just good to see you. John and Deb from Florida, come on back home. We're anxious to have you here. And uh, I wanna say hi to my friends, Steve and Lori that are watching. He's a pastor. He's not in church today, but he needs the Lord. So maybe he'll get saved during this today. Hey, we are so thankful for you. So thankful that we can connect online together. And um, so uh, I just wanna remind you, we exist, our church is here because we are trying to encourage and equip people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now that means here in our building, if you're part when we come back together, but also means all of you online. Our goal in doing this is that you would become a fully devoted follower of Christ. And um, so we uh, have been in a series, um, I want more, I wanna be more like Jesus. And now more than ever, people are looking for more. They are looking uh, for more than just superficial Christianity. And today, what I wanna do is we look at this idea of I wanting more, I wanna talk about how fully devoted followers who desire more worship our God. Um, because I don't want my worship to be selfish. I don't want my worship to be like me. I don't wanna show up at the birthday party like Pastor Shane said and have it be about me. No, it's about someone else. It's about the honored guest that day. And what I wanna do is I wanna to start today in John chapter four, verse 23, 
where it says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers, so this would kind of infer that Jesus is saying there are some, maybe such a thing as uh, worshipers that are false worshipers. In other words, it's not really coming uh, from a spirit of love. Maybe it's a, from a heart that's more cold. Maybe it's a heart that's more critical. Maybe it's from a heart that's more selfish. But he says, there will be a coming time when true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Now, the reality is that all of us are worshipers. We worship something. We give ourselves to something. Worship is simply showing that which we value, lifting it up elevating the things that are important to us. And Jesus said, our worship of God should be true worship. Um, I wanna help us prepare for our true worship today. And Vicki read uh, this uh, passage of scripture in the Psalms that said, shout with joy to the Lord, worship him with gladness, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. This is an element of our worship to him. So what I wanna do this morning is I want you to write down these three things about worshipers who want more. True worshipers that want to worship God with passion. And so let me give you, let me give you the first one. Write this down. True worshipers worship with awe and wonder. This is the power behind the great hymn of our faith, How Great Thou Art. Did you know that song has become one of Christendom's favorite hymns of all time? It is second only to the song that all of us love as well, Amazing Grace. This song, How Great Thou Art, that talks about the sheer awe of God. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe is played. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. The Hebrew writer said, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. He longs to consume our worship. But for most of us, that, that word awesome has been reduced so much that it almost means nothing. Our culture has diluted that word. Let me, let me, show, you, let me, let me show you some ways maybe that we have diluted that word down. Um, someone will say, hey, how do you like my car, my new car? And then somebody will say, oh, it was awesome, right? Honey, how does my hair look today? Oh, baby, it looks awesome. Okay, we're not saying that right now during this lockdown. Nobody got the awesome hair going on, right? Uh, but one day, all right, one day it, it will look good again soon. Um, hey, I'm, how's that? How's the Mexican food at Three Amigos? <laughs> it's awesome, right? 
or it will be when we get to finally go eat at restaurants again, starting tomorrow, right? Awesome. <laughs> How was Pastor Gates' message like? like what was his message like last week? It was <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and, and we use this word, this word awe, awesome. We use this word to describe things that by very, their very nature are not that awesome. Now, the Greek word that is used for this is the Greek word phobos, which means reverential fear of the power or the holiness of God, that God himself is the only one worth giving reverence to. He is the only one that is awesome. Now, now in the world in which we live that God created, we get a glimpse maybe of some things that are awesome, right? Like Vicki and I have been a couple times at least to Niagara Falls, and each time we are there and we stand and we look at the beauty of God's creation and all of that wonder pouring of the, the billions of gallons of water just pouring over those waterfalls, you know, it is just breathtaking and we are wowed. And the reality is there are really no words for that. Or maybe you've been to the Grand Canyon. Maybe you have stood and looked out at the beauty that God has created and you just stand there maybe in awe. But if I have a sense of awe at the things that were created, come on, how much more should I be in awe of the one who created them? Oh my, the psalmist said in Psalms 95, he said, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. And I think, I think this word right here should be very familiar for every Christ follower. There are times that lowering myself is symbolic of lifting, elevating him with awe in me. I still remember the day this first hit me. I mean, really impacted my life and my ministry. Um, it was about 25 years ago. I was in a room. My pattern that uh, particular season in my life was to go into the church about 5.30 or 6 in the morning, and I would spend an hour, an hour and a half in a place that I called the upper room. It was a room above the sanctuary. It was, it was a, a little uh, building in Dodge City, Kansas. There is a place called Dodge City, Kansas. And I've got some friends from Dodge City that are watching today. They'll remember this. Every morning I would go to this upper room and I would spend time reading or singing songs or whatever in what I called my hour with God. And one day I'm sitting there and I read these words. In Isaiah chapter six, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were angels falling down before him singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And I remember in that, small room above the worship area, I remember thinking to myself, if angels do this, maybe I should do it too. And so I was just, I stood up and I didn't know what to do, but I was just standing there and I just started singing, holy, holy, 
holy, Lord God almighty. Early in the morning, my song shall rise to thee. And I don't know when it happened. I didn't intend for it to, do, to, to happen. I didn't intend to do it. But all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I was down on my knees. And I had my hands up, and I was just worshiping him, singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And then, before I knew it, I was on the floor. I was, my hands were out. I was prostrate on the floor, my face to the ground, and my cheeks were wet with tears, and I was just singing over and over, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I don't know how to explain it to you. It's happened a few times in my life, but this was one of the most powerful. His presence filled that room, and my life and my ministry were forever changed at the awe and the wonder of God. Often there is no other reasonable response but just to bow before him and be reminded that he is holy. That's the main reason that we have altars. Some of you have missed the altars because it is a place where we come and bow before him in his awesomeness, in his holiness, and receive his strength and his power in our life. Uh, people who humble themselves before God, and as they humble themselves and kneel down before him, they are elevating God in their lives. I want more of his awe. I want more of his wonder in my life. I want more of that in our church. And a fully devoted follower of Christ will worship with, uh, with wild abandonment. Worship with wild abandon. This best describes the life of King David. These words, a wild worshiper. I don't know, I don't know what other words you could use. That was just kind of describes him. Here, here is a common phrase that if you're reading through the book of Psalms, here's a common phrase about King David. I will worship you, O Lord, with all my heart. All my heart. Well, what does that mean? Well, that, 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 means, that means we get a little excited when we think about God. Come on, all right? We worship him. We get excited. We're willing to clap for him. Uh, it means I don't care what others think. Because it is to him, it is not for others, and I worship with wild abandon, and I worship with passion. Second Samuel chapter 6 says, And David danced before the Lord with all his might. I, I love this phrase, with all of his might. Now, in the context of the story, you have to say, well, why was David dancing with all of his might at that particular point? Well, it was because the ark was coming home. The, the holy chest for the children of God, the children of Israel, the, the holy chest that represented God's power and his presence was now coming home and David saw them coming and he knew the presence of God, the power of God was gonna be with them again and he just danced with all of his might. You gotta think Indiana Jones here, right? All right, just think about Indiana Jones, think about the ark. 
They are celebrating the return of the power and presence of God. And David is just worshiping God and he doesn't care who is watching. He doesn't, you read in there, he doesn't even care about his wife who's kind of being critical of him. You know, she's like, calm down, big boy, everybody's seeing you. He's like, I don't care. I'm gonna worship him even more. I'm gonna become even undignified before everyone else because I don't care what they think. I'm gonna worship God because when you are worshiping a holy God, you just don't care about anything else that's going on around you because your eyes are not on them. Your eyes are on him. Oh, but here's the problem. When you walk into most churches, and hopefully over the next few weeks, you'll be able to walk back into this place, many of you. But when you walk into most churches, the architecture of the room sends a very odd message about who the audience is. We look up and we see a nice big stage and we see instruments and we see all of the lights hitting up here and we see the microphones and we see all of this stuff and the message is those people up there on stage must be important. We need to just listen to them because they're performing. And if you had no context of church, if you just came in off the street and didn't understand a whole lot about church, you would assume that we here on stage are here for all of you. <laughs> and I'm just gonna offend as many of you in the next few minutes as I possibly can. I'm pretty sure of it, so hang in there. We love you, but none of us are here for you. <laughs> you are not the audience. There is an audience, but it has never been you. What we do on this stage, what we do in this place has never been about you. There is an audience, but every follower knows that they are a part of a holy choir of God's people and our audience is him. We come into this place for him. Come on, some of us need to mature here, so let me help you out. Because when we gather here or when we gather online, it is not about, hey, I don't, I don't like that song or I wish they'd have played that song or wish they'd have done that or why didn't he do this? I just didn't enjoy that as much because I'd rather have this. No, 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 listen, it is not for you. It is not for me, it is for our king because scripture says God inhabits our praise not our preferences <laughs> Woo, that was good stuff somebody say amen online just somebody type in amen somebody type in preach it pastor all right um and so many think that what we do here is about them so when we come in here it's like we're coming to a concert Let's just be entertained or, ooh, wasn't that wonderful? Hey, my church has a better choir. Hey, my church has a better band. Hey, we should, you should see what happened. Oh, we should, you should hear that children's pastor of ours. He used a cake and balloons. It was awesome. You just need to come because we're, we're better than you. We're one. No, 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 no. It, it is not about us. And if I am not careful, I can start to believe in my spirit 
that my preference of worship, come on, is better than your preference of worship. Ooh, I just lost some of you right there. Somebody, you need to go and reboot your computer. Come back on, all right? See, listen, and I'm not talking about our church because I got to tell you the reality is I haven't even been here long enough to know. So, um, but I'm talking about the church across America. We have allowed this to divide the church in America. There is disunity in many churches because of this issue, my preference. And the reality is my preference has nothing to do with it. It's not about me, it's about him. And so when I come into his place, into his holy sanctuary, and it becomes about me, I miss the very worship that he wants to draw me into. Oh my, when I was consulting and even pastoring, I have seen, whoo, I'm gonna meddle now. I have seen people sit in protest in church lobbies because they didn't like the style or the level of music that was being played in worship, and it wasn't their worship. And I'll speak for God in this, I think. It is shameful to him that we would take worship design to draw our hearts toward him and we would somehow make it about us. But it has never, ever, worship has never been about us. Our worship has always been to him. Our worship has always been for him. We worship God with wild abandon. We worship God with all of our might. And if I'm worshiping God with all of my might, I don't have time to think about all this other stuff. We just worship him. Preach it, Pastor Tim. I'm trying. It's just a little harder online. You know what I'm saying? All right. I'm getting some amens today, but not as many as if you were here. So while I'm meddling, let me just meddle and push in a little further and talk to two groups of people. Is that all right? Because there's a few of you that haven't been offended yet, and I'm trying to get everybody offended today. Let me talk. Let me talk to our younger generation. I don't even know what all this meant. I'm going to talk about a younger generation, another generation. I don't even know what that means. It's all like blended together, but stay with me. So to a younger generation that's coming up, we have to honor and respect a generation that has loved and served God and his church for a lifetime. We are here. You are where you are spiritually because of what they have done and how they have laid their lives down. Many of the hymns of the faith, listen, they were saved by them. They were sanctified by them. They grew spiritually uh, through them. It's been a testimony of their lives, all of their lives, and it matters. And I'm just so glad. We, we, listen, we honor that. And I, I'm so thankful, and I'm, now I am talking about our church. I am so thankful. I am so blessed by a younger group of Christ followers that we have here that love the whole church and they recognize this and they respect this in an older generation. I have had some incredible conversations in recent days with our younger generation that is taking um, some leadership in the church and they just love all of the church. I have not sensed that issue or problem here and I applaud you younger generation, I do. We can never, listen, we can never let our preferences override our love for people. 
All right. Um, well, let me jump into another generation, all right? Let me talk to that group that's been around the church a little longer. We have to show equally love and respect and honor to a generation that is younger who loves the Lord, the same Lord that you love, and the same way that you love them. Because God cannot, and he has never been limited by age groups. He doesn't have constraints over preference or worship style. Scripture says, uh, this, is, this is God speaking to us, behold, I am always doing a new thing, right? Yeah, I'm always doing something. You can't contain him. He's always, you think you get him all boxed in and God will do something new. You think you got church all figured out? God will just shut it down, right? And he'll show you a whole new way to be the church. You can't constrain him. And he is raising up a generation to love him and serve him in ways that maybe we never did and in ways we can't even imagine. And here is me in that older group saying, I want to celebrate that and give God glory for that. There, there's, a, there's this verse that makes it, oh, this is gonna hurt some of you. Um, send emails to Pastor Shane at kokomonaz.org. Here's this verse, Ooh, I don't even, should I put it up on the screen? Here it is. Sing to the Lord a new song. I don't even need to get the Greek or Hebrew out on that one, do I? Come on. Now, why would God say, sing to the Lord a new song? Because worshiping God was always meant to be fresh and new and vibrant, and it never grows old. And he is giving, and he has always given generation after generation after generation new ways to express from the heart the love and passion for God. It just never grows old. Well, yeah, pastor, but we're doing these new songs. You know, they're like more contemporary. <laughs> okay, let, um, I, just for some of you that maybe haven't been around the church of the Nazarene for a while, it's been here a few years, a little over 100. Um, are you aware that the church of the Nazarene was birthed on the idea of praise and worship through, hold on, Contemporary music and instruments of praise. Hello. Phineas F. Brzee, who was our founding father, took the music of their day and put a band together and they marched through the streets of LA singing and praising God. And the entire time that was being done, they were criticized by the righteous folk who were too dignified for that in order that they could reach people that no one else was reaching, that no one else even cared about. So, come on, both groups, let's come together. Here we go, you ready? We need each other, and we need it all. God will work through all of it for his glory. 
And I, let me just say a couple things. I have seen some of our younger generation, I've seen their hearts. I have watched some of them will come to the first service and I have watched, I, when I first came, I sat over here and, and I would look across as worship was going on and I would see some of those younger ones getting blessed by the choir as we were singing. They would just offer their praise to the Lord with thanks and my heart was blessed by that. And I think of those in our older generation, so many that, that come to the second service to love and support and reach more people. And I'll just tell you every week, uh, just about my heart gets blessed overflowing because I will look down on the front row and I will see a couple like Merle and Becky Berkey sitting on that front row after they've been to the first service and they are praising God. They can't even sing, move their lips fast enough to sing those new songs, but they're worshiping God. They're praising him. I'll see tears in their eyes. Listen, Satan is not going to get a foothold here in our lives and in our church, amen? Whoo, all right. Well, the Bible says God inhabits our praise. He inhabits all of our praise. And we have to stay united in love and we have to worship God with wild abandon in every way possible. Somebody type in amen online. All right. Somebody, listen, there is somebody that just needs to be reminded today about this idea of worshiping God. Put everything else aside. Put the worship aside. Put your preference aside. Put your problems aside. Put COVID-19 aside. And you just need to be reminded that Jesus paid for your sin. He died on the cross for you. And with great power, he came out of that grave three days later for you. And with your hands and with your voice, you just worship. Worship God with wild abandon. Amen. All right, you didn't like the first two points. Let's go to the third one. Worship God with authentic intimacy. Fully devoted followers of Christ will worship God as Christ did. They will worship him with authentic intimacy. The psalmist said, one, one thing I ask from the Lord this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And that is my one desire for each of you. When our son and daughter were born, I had... I had never felt that kind of love before. It was like, it was me and Vicky in the room and I just loved her. And it was like a moment later, there was this third being in the room with us. And I had never met that person before, never seen them before. But in a moment, my heart grew. And all I knew was, is if I, there was a choice, I would have died for them, even though I had just met them. There was a love for them. Then we had grandkids and you know, that love, that love went to an entire, entirely different level. You know what I'm saying? Some of you that are grandparents, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it was just like, it just went to a whole different level. It was like, okay, out of the way, kids, son and daughter, I got grandkids now, right? Um, and I love them and we love them so much. But hear me. 
I'm telling you that I have so much love for that girl who read the scripture earlier that I have been with now for 40 years that my kids and my grandkids, they don't even come close. I love so much about her. I, I, after all these years, I love, I love how she gets up every morning at four or five and nestles into our couch and she wraps herself in a blanket and she does her devotions there and she just is so stinking cute. All right, I love that. I love how she decorates our home and how she keeps it tidy. I, I, I love little things. I love like watching her put her makeup on in the morning. I, I love how she studies so hard each week when she's, anytime she teaches ladies Bible studies, she just, I just love watching her study. I, I love how she prays for our kids and our grand dudes. I love how she prays for, for you. I love how if she gets laughing so hard, she'll snort. <laughs> I just, I just love that. I, I, uh, I won't love what I'm, she's going to say to me afterwards for saying that, but I do love her. Listen, come on. I love her so much, not because of the things I know about her. I love her so much because I know her authentically and intimately. I know her heart, I know her desires, I want to please her, I love her. Listen, listen, that is called intimacy. And God, the God that created us, the God that sent his son for us, the God who loves us so much that he comes even to where you are today, he wants that for you. He doesn't want you to know about him, like all this knowledge. No, no, no. He hopes that you will come to know him authentically and intimately. My children and my grandchildren will never know my sweetheart the way I do. They never will. There, there's a whole new level of joy and love in the intimacy. And, and some of you, the reality about your life in these weeks of being alone, the reality about your life is some of you hunger for this. You hunger for intimacy in your life. And intimacy comes from closeness. And closeness comes from adoration, lifting up. This is why worship is so important. Even when you are going through difficult times, especially when you're going through difficult times, obedience lifts you into the presence of God. Worship lifts you into the presence of God. And that is where the intimacy is found. And that is where the joy is found. And that is where the power is found. And it may be during these weeks, one of the things that you have discovered as you've had quiet times and maybe more time with God, you have discovered that you have been worshiping other things. You have been worshiping things that really weren't that important. But maybe in this time of isolation, maybe in this time of aloneness, there's been this hunger in your spirit for more. 
like David said, this one thing I seek, this one thing I ask that I could encounter the power of your presence all the days of my life. Just give me Jesus. I think church is full of people that lift up God and worship him with wild abandon, who come together in unity, experience the power of his presence and the intimacy with him that needs no explanation because when people come in, they can just sense it. And I'm gonna pray just in a moment and the praise team is gonna lead us in worship. And I hope that you will not worry about who's beside you, your spouse, your child, mom or dad. Maybe you're by yourself. But that you would just, you would just worship God today. If you have a burden, worship is about bringing our burdens to God. Maybe, maybe you would bow your head today. Maybe for some of you, listen, maybe for some of you, it's been a long time and the way we humble ourselves, maybe for some of you today would simply be take a knee by your couch. Just humble yourself before God. Well, pastor, if I did that, my kids might see me. What would that say to them? Maybe you have a financial need and all this craziness. Maybe you have a physical need. Maybe you need healing in some way today. And my prayer is that we would let worship be a key that opens his power and brings healing and resource and affirmation and love and blessing into your life. Let's pray. Father, when we don't know what else to do, we find that we often just bow our head and we bring our need to you. And so right now in this moment, I'm praying for all of us that you would show us things today that hinder our worship. It could be our preference. Wash it away today, God. It could be things that we have elevated in our lives that have taken more importance than you. Clear that out of the way today, God. May we worship you by putting you first in our hearts and lives as fully devoted followers of Christ. May nothing else become more important than you. And so we're asking, Father, that you would receive our worship. Even if we don't know a song, may we just maybe open our hands or lift a hand up wherever we are and just give you our worship today. And I pray for everyone watching today that you would go as you are. I know you are. Your presence, the same power that's in this place today is going to where people are. And I pray that you would meet their need today as they open their hearts and open their hands, open their lives to the power of your spirit. Meet their need today as we worship you. In Christ's name, amen.